Is your tendency to procrastinate negatively affecting your life? If so, sign up for our free fast track class, No More Procrastination. In this class, you'll learn a simple and practical way to defeat procrastination once and for all. This 30-minute free course will help you get your life back on track. Register today at www.lifehack.org backslash focus dash fast dash track. You are listening to The Lifehack Show, a featured podcast of lifehack.org, where we teach you how to break free from your limitations and live your best life. I'm Allie Kramer, and today I'll be talking with Dr. Paul Knapper. A renowned psychology expert, Dr. Knapper is here to discuss the importance of agency as a shield from anxiety. He believes, as individuals, we've lost the ability to deal with stress and act as an effective agent for ourselves. He addresses this in his book, The Power of Agency, The Seven Principles to Conquer Obstacles, Make Effective Decisions, and Create a Life on Your Own Terms. Thanks so much for joining me, Dr. Knapper. Well, thanks for having me here, Allie. It's great to be here. Yeah, definitely. This is going to be an interesting uh, discussion because anxiety is certainly something that many of us, if, if not all of us, can relate to. Um, and it, it says, according to the World Health Organization, the United States is the most anxious nation on earth with at least one in five people, a full 40 million Americans currently diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. That's huge. Yeah, it really is. And it's surprising to many people. Um, so we talk about this as is really kind of a silent epidemic that's occurring mm -hmm. in the country. And so 20% of Americans are officially diagnosed with, with a clinical anxiety anxiety disorder. There's millions more who are undiagnosed or hovering just below some of those symptoms. So it's, it's a, we, we have a very anxious culture here. Um, and I think a lot of it is due to just the speed of change and, and how, how people are trying to adapt to, to the fact that everything's changing, right? I mean, just work's changing and um, media is changing the landscape in terms of how we communicate and you know, people are, are really, um, you know, over time when you, you experience stress, if the stress just persists, you know, for a long period of time, it, it turns into anxiety. And yeah. that's really what we're seeing. So that's one of the main things we try to address in our book. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially um, just, you know, when I have five minutes free and I'm, I'm on my smartphone, there's about 600 apps that I could look into that would cause me more anxiety. <laughs> Anything from looking at Instagram and it's, you know, uh, we're recording here, it's the day before Thanksgiving and it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't made all these beautiful desserts. And, you know, you get comparing yourself, but then also the distraction of information is ever present. Well, no, it's a, you bring up a really good point. And, you know, this is one thing that is really pretty much brand new in, in the history of human civilization. We've never had technology like this. We've never had devices like this. And, you know, we, the, the devices make us feel powerful and they're fun and they're attractive and, and if not compelling, I mean, they kind of compel us to pay attention to them. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, what I like to say is, you know, we're kind of living in the midst of one enormous 
uh, social experiment. And mm -hmm. we've put the tech industry in charge of that experiment. And we're all just kind of guinea pigs li living through it. And, and I think what you bring up, though, is, you know, our devices are, are, are all these things, right? They're appealing and they're, they bring us information and they're, they, they do some things that are just absolutely amazing. Um, but they also crowd out other things. Right. And one, one of the main things they crowd out is um, getting outside, walking around, um, moving your body. I mean, typically when we're on a digital device, we're, we're more stationary. And right. If you're, if you're walking with a phone, that's a, a it's sure. really, it's a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, I mean, there's, there must be countless YouTube videos on that, you know, showing people what happens, you know, showing what happens when people walk with their, their phones. And I, I have to say, I've caught myself doing it. A few yeah. Times. You know, yeah. I have to say, it's hey, embarrassing. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing, dummy? <laughs> yeah. um, but I think the thing is, is that you know, these devices are very appealing but there's, there's, so they're seductive actually. And there's a, a, a real downside to spending a lot of time on these devices that we're just now really be, beginning to pay attention to. And it's, again, it's what it crowds out. It crowds out being in motion, moving around, being in natural environments. And probably most importantly, it crowds out time when you could be engaging socially with another person or mm -hmm. with other people. And so that brings us to the topic of agency because, you know, agency is this, our, our capacity as human beings to reflect on our situation and make, make choices, make positive choices in our lives. Mm -hmm. And to do that well, we need to be connected to other people because we're social creatures. And when we're disconnected from other people, we uh, aren't learning, we're not receiving support, we're not receiving, you know, valuable feedback. So when we're isolated, which are, you know, overuse of digital devices can, can, can tend to cause, um, we become disempowered. We, we, lose, we lose our ability to connect with uh, what makes us most powerful as, as, as creatures. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the main topics we explore in the book is how to make sure that you don't fall victim to that kind of um, loop feedback loop where, you know, things just start snowballing and you get to a point where you really feel, you're really feeling anxious, right? You're feeling kind of anxious and isolated. And, um, that's not a pleasant, a pleasant place to be. And yet millions of Americans are finding themselves there, um, a lot of the time. Right, right. So you're saying agency is, um, a lot about connectivity with others and, and kind of being present in, in their company. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's a big part of it. We, in our book, we talk about seven critical things, critical principles that help us to connect to our sense of agency. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, agency is a, a word that most people aren't familiar with. I like yeah, to say, so what is agency? Yeah, no, it's, 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 I like to say that agency is um, something you, you, you use that is a part of, of, of your every waking moment in your life. Um, you know, agency is, is related to that. It's, it's probably the, the thing that you've never heard of that's the most important thing that you, you use each and every day. And, and again, it's back to wow. this, it's this idea of our capacity to act on our environment, our capacity to make choices, make decisions, um, to take our lives in the desired direction that, mm -hmm. that we want to take our lives. And so what we have is we have people more uh, stuck, um, more stressed, 
and in some ways feeling like they're not they're not connecting to the power that they have within them to make those choices to create the lives they're trying to create and you know we see certain people who who seem to be doing this better than others and so one of the things we did in the book is we took a look at some of those people who seem to be doing much better at connecting with their sense of agency and using it to create lives that are meaningful. Um, you know, lot, we say, we call it lives, you know, living lives on their own terms. Mm -hmm. And we try to see what they're doing differently. And, you know, one of the, one of the critical things we found is there's a, a strong relationship between anxiety and confidence. Mm -hmm. and, and it's a seesaw relationship so that when we are feeling more confident, by definition, we feel less anxious. And if we're feeling more anxious, by definition, we also start feeling less confident. Yeah, that makes and, a lot of sense. You know, and I think what, what we also have found is that much of what's written about how to find your way through and and you know anxiety and how to how to treat anxiety is very symptom oriented it's kind of like you know just treat the symptom but what we're trying to do here in our book is we're trying to um, treat something that goes deeper which is helping people to build greater confidence in their lives because again when people feel more confident in themselves in their ability to make these choices their anxiety goes down. And guess what? The quality of their decision-making goes up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so we tried to focus the book around what are the critical, critical things that help people to become more confident in their lives and thus, you know, connect to their, their, their sense of, of, of personal agency. Uh, and this helps keep anxiety at bay, um, which is, you know, as, as we've said, a, a growing problem. Mm hmm. Yeah, this is very fascinating. And, and like you mentioned, it's not a very well known word, but it seems to be extremely important <laughs> to every individual's livelihood. Um, and, it, and it reminds me a little bit of mindfulness, but it's different, right? So how do they compare contrast? It's a great question. It's a really great question. And, and I think, you know, a lot of the, the um, stuff on mindfulness you know comes from i think in part from from a desire to help people with stress and help people with anxiety and so mindfulness is a very useful practice um, and it does it does help to build agency greater agency so we are all in favor of of mindfulness um mindfulness is really about being more present in the moment mm -hmm. and um, and also, you know, kind of trying to get your body physiologically in, in greater, uh, you know, kind of balance and, and, and kind of turn down the volume, um, so to speak. So, so mindfulness techniques, we actually have several of them in our book mm -hmm. and recommend mindfulness techniques again, to build confidence and build agency. But, it to have a sense of agency it, it goes you know a fuller sense of agency it goes beyond just mindfulness right so, so like mindf mindfulness is like a tool it's a really useful tool and we need it we need it and so it's so you know it's a very very positive tool um but i think when it comes to people making choices in their lives and more and more you know we all have to make the, we all have to make choices right some some choices are big and and incredibly important some choices are are smaller and less significant but really 
our lives are about making choices, um, you know, each and every day. We, we, we say in the book that in many respects, uh, our lives are really the sum total of all the decisions we've made over mm-hmm. the course of our lives. And yet, you know, we really, as, as, as humans, and we, we, rarely, we rarely study this whole, this whole idea of how, to, how we make decisions, how we make choices as human beings. We, you know, we've not really taught that. Um, you know, uh, you know, in, in a really concrete, simple way mm-hmm. to people. And I, and I think, I think that that's one of the reasons why people these days are feeling less confident um, because so much information now is coming at, at all of us, right? We, we live in, you know, it's a cliche to say it, but we do in fact live in the information age. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, you know, we have enormous volumes of information coming at us. And so we have to figure out what do we do with that? You know, what do, you know, how do I use that information in a positive way as opposed to, you know, becoming overwhelmed by it and becoming, you know, just sort of lost in, in, in that avalanche of information. So that's where agency comes in because we talk at length in the book about how to, how to manage all that information in a positive way so that you actually you know, can make better choices in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the key concepts we, we explore a lot is this whole idea of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we actually, you know, in our book, we, we call the current age that we are living in right now, the age of overwhelm. <laughs> that seems apropos. Sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and most people can relate to that because I mean, I mean it's funny because I've been working as an executive coach with business leaders uh, for almost 20 years now. When I first started doing this work, um, I rarely heard my clients telling me they were overwhelmed. That's so it would, interesting. It would come up every now and then, you know, occasionally like, wow, this is really an overwhelming project or, you know, I'm just kind of wiped out and overwhelmed. It, it would come out up occasionally, but I have to tell you, Allie, I hear it every day in my work now. That's so fascinating, Dr. Knapper, because it's like what the visual I'm getting there is, you know, 20 years ago, overwhelm in an office environment might mean a stack of papers on your desk, right? Or, you know, deadlines that are coming up. But now the capacity to be overwhelmed is literally in our pockets almost at any time. Right. It's, it's, it's in some ways we're trying to adapt to this new world where, you know, there's always on you know, information coming at us. And so we, we all, you know, no one's really taught us how to adjust and adapt to this new world. Um, and, and, and the world has changed dramatically in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so we're all just figuring this out as we go. And, and how we tend to do that as human beings is we look to the right, we look to the left, we see what everybody else is doing. And, you know, everybody else is on their digital devices most all the time. So we figure, well, okay, that's just, that's, it's safe to do that. We can, you know, and so, so, but I think what we're all just starting to become more aware of is the downside of that. And, um, and so again, back to this whole idea of, you know, the goal being for people to feel more confident in their ability um, to stay grounded, to stay, um, you know, more balanced so that they have a greater level of self-confidence and they can actually navigate better, make choices better in their lives. And so managing stimulation, you know, controlling Mm -hmm. the stimuli in one's life, that's just, that's one part of the equation. It's an important part. And we have that as one of our seven key principles of agency. 
Um, but there are other things too. And mm-hmm. um, again, as I said earlier in our conversation, um, one of the, because we're social creatures, one of the key ways that we as human beings express our agency um, is through the context of our social relationships. Mm-hmm. So if in some ways we're isolated, we're not, we're not around supportive people who help us uh, to learn, who, you know, who challenge us, who, who, you know, encourage us, you know, if we're not around enough people like that in our lives, we start to lose agency. And so, so anyway, so that is an important one. It's super ironic to me too, to think about how um, social media, like you're saying, it's, we've put this big social experiment into the hands of technology experts, because what we are seeing is a lot of people out there um, hoping to increase or boost their confidence, maybe what they would assume to be agency without knowing the, the definition of the word um, through these social media connections. But it's really, it's, it's like, it's false. It's not actual connectivity. It's not um, really building confidence. If anything, it might be degrading it more. It can. And it's not, it's not a substitute for real human contact. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just that simple. Now, I think what you're describing, and I'm glad you said all that, because I think that we can use our, our devices, we can use social media, we can use all the information that's, that's now available to us that, that was not available to us 20 years ago. We can use that information to help us increase our level of agency in our lives. Um, but there's a, you know, there's a point at which, you know, you arrive at, it, at diminishing returns. Sure. And so if you're on social media, um, you know, using that in a healthy way, um, it actually can help you increase your level of agency. Mm-hmm. But again, I think what happens is most people um, go beyond the point of diminishing returns where it's actually interfering with, with their agency because, because it's so addictive and, right. you know, it's so easy to do, right? I mean, it's so easy to just read 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 something or watch a video or you know be on instagram or or facebook or whatever whatever social media it is you like um you know it's really easy and and i think what happens is people you know feel like they're somehow connecting to the world uh through their device but it just really isn't the same it's not you know so that's the that's the it's, 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 it's similar, but it's not really the same. And what's really interesting is, you know, back to your comment about, about the tech industry sort of being in charge of this, this grand experiment is, you know, and there's been stuff written about this, is the, t- the, the top tech industry people have their kids in programs in schools where they don't have access to digital devices. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they know. They yeah, know. they know. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. build. It doesn't build agency, and so it's particularly. This is particularly hard on kids with developing brains, mm-hmm. because you know kids need the social contact. They need to be out in natural environments. Also, I mean, you know, we found an unbelievable statistic um, where the average, the average child spends only thirty minutes a day outdoors. Oh these, my goodness. These days in you know engaging in any unstructured activity so we we have become a population of people who are primarily indoors 
And a lot of the time when we're indoors, we're sedentary. And a lot of times when we're indoors and sedentary, we're on a device. Sure. And, you know, and so what we try to, you know, another important practice or principle of agency is get outside and move around. Yeah. We need all of our, all of our senses need to be stimulated yeah. in order for us to be at our best. So our sense of smell, our, you know, our, our, our sense of um, touch and, you know, there's nothing like being in nature. And I, and I think that, you know, there's been a lot written about this too, is that, you know, when we're out of touch, when we're not in natural environments enough, um, you know, we can get depressed. We can, it, that, that can make us anxious as, mm-hmm. as well. And um, interestingly enough, you know, sort of a, an anecdote on this is Japan was dealing with, and you may have heard of this, Ali, but Japan was dealing with some, some serious de- problems with depression on a national basis. Japan is a highly, highly urban population, mm-hmm. like something like 90 plus percent, 95 percent of the, of the Japanese population lives in urban areas. They have a huge forested, mountainous interior, um, which is generally just left in a, you know, in a, in a wild state. And what they did, which I think was just so ingenious, they started building trails, these really nice trails, like miles and miles and miles of trail through all this beautiful natural growth forest on the interior in the interior of Japan. That's a wonderful idea. And they did it to help with depression and they've done studies on it. And when people get out and walk in nature, their symptoms recede and they feel a a much more positive sense of well-being. And, and the other thing that's really surprising is their thinking skills improve. Mm. So they become better at decision-making as well. So, you know, so that's why, you know, this whole idea of movement, um, is, is, and particularly, you know, getting outdoors is another, another thing we stress in, in our book is being helpful in battling anxiety and increasing confidence. Yeah. I mean, I can absolutely believe it. I, I, I'm here in Philadelphia and for years and years, I lived up in a Northwest part of Philadelphia that had a lot of nature. It was just surrounded by forests and it was wonderful. And I was there all the time, every single day. And then I moved to South Philadelphia and there's not very many, um, even trees around here. And I have to make uh, an actual effort to go out and visit the parks around me. Otherwise I can start sensing myself feeling off. Um, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with that. I was a children, child that was raised with the privilege of having woods in my backyard and I was always outside and to hear 30 minutes a day is the average amount of time a child spends outside now is, is really, um, quite troubling. Yeah. It's, it's surprising to, to a lot of people. And, um, and so, you know, again, I think that when it comes back to agency, um, it's about keeping your your body, your mind, and your emotions in in balance, mm-hmm. and that's become harder to do because we're all challenged to adapt, and and that's fundamentally what's you know what's happened over the last you know sort of twenty years with the 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 sort of advancement of the information age, is that it's caused all of us to need to put more of our energy toward just adapting, adapting mm-hmm. to the, these new environmental demands. And so, you know, and no one's given us the owner's manual. No one's, right. no, no one's given us the roadmap and said, here's what you need, here's what you need to do, right? right. It's, it's kind of like you just, 
you learn as you go and, you know, trial and error. And it's not, it's not really obvious um, what is best to do to a lot of people. Sure. And so, you know, so we wrote this book and we use a lot of research um, in our book to, so that, you know, we're not just recommending, you know, fluffy kinds of, kinds of things, but all of our recommendations are based on uh, science, based on, you know, studies that actually show what, what helps. And, and, you know, one of the things that a lot of people, um, when we give talks are really surprised about is that, you know, our, is, is, is this, this, this study that focused on cognitive skills, cognitive skills are basically, you know, our access to our mind's ability to think, mm -hmm. to, to, to problem solve and reason through, you know, situations. And increasingly in the world we're in that we're trying to adapt to, you know, we need access to our cognitive skills. Our thinking skills are really important today, more so than ever before. And so they did a simple study. Um, they had three different conditions for the study. It involved a, 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 a mobile phone, you know, a smartphone. And under the first condition, they had a person, you know, sitting at a desk uh, with their phone uh, turned off um, beside them. And they gave that person some um, cognitive tests, some, some thinking tests. And they um, then got the results of the, the test results under that condition. The next con condition they used was they had the person uh, put the cell phone, um, again, in a turned off position, um, in, in, a, in a drawer, um, in, a different, in the same room, but in a drawer. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't on right next to them. And they also then gave them a, 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 some cognitive tests. The third condition is they had the person have their phone in a different room, not, mm. it, not even in the room with them. And guess what? The results were, were really striking in that people, who, people perform best on the thinking tests when their phones were in another room, I not wow. nearby. The next <laughs> set of conditions where the person, you know, performed, you know, worse, but still better than the the the, the third one was, you know, when the phone was in a drawer, you know, mm -hmm. in a different part of the room. And then people performed worse when the phone was sitting next to them. Wow. And this is all by the way when the phone is in a turned off position <laughs> yeah okay? they're but it's like not out of sight so it's not out of mind even exactly, the exactly you got it that's yeah. exactly right so we don't even realize the extent to which even when our phones are off just when they're in our visual field they're taking our attention away that's from incredible. other things and so you know it's pretty it's pretty amazing and again back to this whole idea of you know our ability to um make sense of our situation, make sense of our environments, to, to reason through problems, and again, arrive at good choices in our lives. It's, it's really important. It's always been important for us as human beings to do that. But the challenge is today, just given how much stimulation and information is coming at us, the challenge in doing that is harder. And mm -hmm. so we need access to our thinking skills. And so, you know, this, this study is, is a very interesting one. And, and I think, you know, hopefully, hopefully more people will become aware of that um, because it is, it, it is important. And, you know, I mean, some, you know, I have friends who sleep with their phone. Oh yeah. <laughs> so do I. <laughs>
and mean, it's, it's just crazy. So, and it's like, <laughs> I keep thinking of the phone as this kind of like villain to agency or something. And I probably shouldn't think about it that way, but it seems like that would be one really big step toward increasing one's agency is to even just recognize the impact that, um, the ability to have that smartphone at your fingertips and tap into all that extra information. Exactly. I mean, it kind of gets back to your point about mindfulness. Mm -hmm. It's like when you're, when you're focusing on a thinking exercise, when you're, you know, in a meeting or you're having a serious discussion with, with a friend or family member, and you really want to have access to your ability to think clearly don't have your phone nearby. Just put it put it somewhere else. You know, so I mean, it's it's not that our phones necessarily always rob us of our agency, but if if we use our phones or any digital device in an, in an unthinking way, and if we use it if we use them excessively, um, they become yeah they will interfere with our our, our capacity to think clearly. And so it's really about, you know, maintaining some, some, some balance. I mean, we like to say, you know, and this goes for social media as well as for, you know, all digital devices, you know, it's sort of like the equivalent of sitting down with a bag of potato chips, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're better off if you pour, if you, you, you <laughs> pour, you know, a serving of potato chips into a bowl and take that in to wherever you're sitting and eat from that as opposed, as opposed to bringing the whole bag, right? <laughs> Yeah. And, um, you know, and so it's kind of the same sort of idea. And, but, you know, we know that about potato chips. I mean, most of us, but um, because phones are so new and all these digital devices are so new, you know, we're just still learning, you know, how do we, how do we use these things in a way that enhances our lives? And, right. and what we say in the book is, you know, it's, it's as simple as use technology, don't let technology use you mm -hmm. because the other thing is and this is a little darker um but you know everybody's trying to get your attention that's mm -hmm. the world we live in why are they trying to get your attention because usually there's money involved right, right? They're trying to sell you something <laughs> right. and and you know what a lot of what we also say to people is you know when someone's trying to get your attention and they're trying to influence you and trying to get you to buy something for example um, they don't want you thinking clearly, actually. <laughs> they mm -hmm. want you thinking impulsively, yeah. right? So they're hoping you're one of those people who's on your device, you know, 10 hours a day because people who are, you know, from our research, we found that people who are, you know, excessive users, um, you know, they're, they're not, they don't have as much access to their thinking skills and they're more apt to be impulsive, yeah. And so, you know, they're more apt to buy things that that they may not necessarily want or really need. Right. So anyway, it's a, it's so, a, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting world we live in. It sure is. And it seems like having high agency would actually save people some money in the long run, if anything else. <laughs> <laughs> if not, right. Exa exactly. <laughs> it, it, it makes, the bottom line is it, you know, agency is connected to being a critical thinker. Mm -hmm. And it's also connected to something, you know, known as metacognition. Mm -hmm. Metacognition is, is related to, to critical thinking. And what metacognition is, is simply, you know, being able to think about the quality of your thinking. So it's, it's metacognition involves trying to take a step back and assessing, hmm, 
what's the quality of my thinking on this topic? Like, uh-huh. you know, say I'm having a relationship difficulty and, you know, and I'm, and, and, and you arrive at a particular point of view or particular, you know, thing you decide you're going to do. Um, metacognition would say, how did I arrive at that conclusion? What was my thought process? Was it, did I really take into account everything I should have, should have really considered? Um, and so people that have, you know, that, that take a little more time and, and, and engage metacognition, they become better critical thinkers and they make better decisions in their lives. Mm-hmm. So we also go into great length in, the, in our book about how we as human beings actually think and how we make decisions and how we can be better, better thinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, the world we live in today is so cognitively oriented. It's so, it's, it's so much about, you know, our ability to kind of make choices through using our reasoning skills so that, you know, to have full access to our agency, you know, we have to be aware of how we, how we're thinking and, and how, you know, and, and learn actually how, how to think more, you know, more clearly, more critically. And it is a learned skill and, mm-hmm. and you know, there's more and more courses out there on, on how to think critically and, and, you know, so we advise people, you know, take advantage of, of, of those kinds of things, read a book on critical thinking, take a class on critical thinking. It's really the, probably one of the most important skills of the 21st century. Um, and it really is directly connected to your level of, 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 of agency. That's so fascinating. So paint a picture for our listeners about someone who has high agency. What does this person look like? Yeah, well, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really, really fun question. You know, what someone looks like who has a high agency is they, they, they look like they're pursuing what's most meaningful to them in uh-huh. life. And generally, they come across as pretty energetic, passionate people who really are following, you know, often following a very unique path. They're not doing necessarily what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. They they are making choices that are more internally driven. So, in other words, they're making choices based on their own um, their own values, their own interests. And you know, one of the great things about being alive today in 2019, and we've kind of focused on some of the challenges so far. But one of the great things is that you know, it's almost like if you can think of an idea of something you want to to try, something you want to do. We live in an era where it's possible to actually put that into motion and do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And so true. And that's, what's really cool. And, Mm -hmm. and so with high agency people, that's what we see. We see them in a way rising above all of the noise, you know, we'll just call some of the stuff we've talked about thus far as, you know, kind of the noise, the static, the static in the system and they connect with what they really most want to do with themselves, what they want to spend time on. And for some of those people, it's not, it's not chasing after, you know, a big pile of money. It's although sometimes people find themselves in pursuing their own unique ideas, they end up, you know, they end up making a lot of money, Uh but you know, but I think you, you, you know, you see a lot of high agency people really doing what they love in life. And so they often, you know, how they appear is, they appear as really fun people who, um, who, who have generally less anxiety and, and more confidence in, in themselves and in their capacity to make choices. 
Um, and so they're good people to be around because that's the yeah. other thing. I'm so glad you asked this question because it relates directly to something else that's really important that, that uh, in terms of in terms of all the anxiety that is out there. Uh, anxiety. This is the thing I really want your listeners to understand. Anxiety is socially contagious. Mm. If you are around people who are very anxious, you are going to become anxious as well. You know, we have these things in our brains called mirror neurons. Mm. Our, our mirror neurons, in, in other words, just you and I, you know, in this interview, our, you know, our mirror neurons are going back and forth, m mirroring each other. So if I were highly, highly anxious right now, mm -hmm. and you know, given the amount of time you and I've spent thus far, you would be picking up on that anxiety. Right. And it would start infecting your thinking and you and your emotions. And so given how many people in our country right now are so anxious, um, we have to be really careful um, that we don't inadvertently pick up on someone else's anxiety and allow it to, you know, kind of make us anxious. And so how this applies to what we were just talking about with agency, if you're around people who have a higher level of, of, of personal agency, that is also infectious. That helps mm -hmm. you to develop more agency. So we're back again to this whole idea of, you know, the company you keep is one of the most important parts of, of, of agency, that when you're around people who, again, are, are um, supportive and encouraging and positive, uh, people you can learn from, um, your level of agency increases. If you're around negative people, if you're around people who um, you know, are highly, highly anxious, and um, you know, you're likely to become you know, more negative and more anxious yourself. So, you know, it's just important to keep in mind. Now, that doesn't mean, Absolutely. You, mean that if you have a loved one who, who, go, who is starting to feel anxious, <laughs> but you run for the hills and you never talk to them again, it's not, quite, it's not that black or white. No, or have white. compassion, of, of course. Of course. Well, you can talk to them about it and you can actually, the main thing you want to do is don't join them right. in their anxiety and become anxious yourself. But right. You can, you know, work with them and say, hey, you seem really, really overwhelmed and anxious. What, you know, what's going on with you? Right. And, and having your own um, sense of high sense of agency is certainly going to help you handle others better and help. Absolutely. Them. No, it, it inoculates you in a way. Mm -hmm. So that's, again, mm -hmm. back to this whole the seesaw relationship between confidence and anxiety. It's when you feel a greater sense of groundedness and self-confidence in your own life, you know, in your own skin. Um, you are inoculated to some of, you know, to, to, to picking up on some of this anxiety that's just, just floating around out there. Um, you know, you don't, you're less apt to pick it up. And sure. so, right. So that's, so, it, so anyway, so that's, that's, um, that's, that's kind of how that works. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really goes back to, and this is a great way to wrap up everything that you've just said, like how powerful agency actually is. Well, it, it's interesting because, you know, agency has been studied by philosophers, psychologists, and sociologists for decades. Um, just this, I, it, mm -hmm. it's, again, it's part of the human experience. It's our capacity to make choices and then act on those choices in our lives. So it's, it's central to the human experience. And, you know, it's never been, you know, kind of explicitly 
um, taught as a, you know, something to go after. Like, how do you build mm -hmm. greater, greater agency? It's one of the reasons people go into psychotherapy, for example. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons why people, you know, go to school and learn because all of those things, you know, enhance or build agency. Um, but, you know, we wrote this book because we feel like right now agency is really under threat. Again, people feeling stuck, feeling stymied, feeling anxious, um, not feeling confident. So we basically wanted to say, hey, look, if you focus on these few things, you know, you can have a higher level of agency in your life. And oh, by the way, it's a high level of agency is not necessarily connected to a higher level of education. Mm -hmm, you, don't, mm -hmm. you don't need a master's degree or a doctoral level degree in order to have a high level of agency. You know, you can yeah. have it, you know, that's what I say. Like you said, back to your question about high, high agency people. See, we see high agency people who have, you know, no college, some of them, and sure. some of them, you know, have a year of college. I mean, so it's not, it's, it's not about necessarily, um, you know, formal education. Um, yeah. Although that, can, although that can help. But anyway. Yeah. So, it's much more about just understanding what agency is and the capacity that it has to change your life. Exactly. And how to access it. You know, yeah. there's ways to access it. And um, that's what our book's about is how awesome. to access that. Yeah, this is great. This is such fascinating stuff. Um, so let our listeners know where they can pick up a copy of your book. Yeah, well, the book's everywhere. So you can get it at uh, Barnes & Noble, at Amazon, at, um, you know, Books A Million. I mean, it's, it's pretty, much, pretty much anywhere books are sold right now. Um, and you can check us out on our website, www.powerofagency.com. And uh, you'll see me and my co-author uh, there. Um, so yeah, check us out, please. And there's also, um, we also have a, an inventory, a test you can take. Um, and one portion of that uh, test of agency is actually on the website. So you can awesome. take that and you'll get, you'll get some results. That's so cool. That's great. That's great. I love individualized kind of um, assessments like that. It really helps put into perspective where you could fall on, you know, the, I guess the scale of agency. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's, um, and there's, there's seven principles of agency. So there's seven subtests. And um, one of the seven is actually on our website. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. You know, I think I think people um, you just take it and you you actually get some results emailed right back to you. That's so cool. Okay, so to our listeners, definitely check out this book, um, The Power of Agency: The Seven Principles to Conquer Obstacles, Make Effective Decisions, and Create a Life on Your Own Terms. And for more information on how to create agency for yourself, visit powerofagency.com. That's P-O-W-E-R. O-F-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Knapper. This was a really incredible discussion. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Allie. It was really terrific meeting you. And uh, you've got to come up and visit us in Boston at some point. I will. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That wraps up today's show. Stay tuned for more expert advice on living your best life on the next episode.